Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for taking a moment to take a look at the book with us. I hold in my hand a five-hour, five-part series on the passion and prophecy. Now, of course, the passion is referring to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In this audio series, I explain the connection between the passion of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, and what happened that week, and Bible prophecy. In this discussion, as we take a look at the book in the next few moments, we're going to talk about the place of the Passion. Where actually in Jerusalem was Jesus Christ crucified? There are several locations that have been suggested, but there's only one, according to the Bible, that is absolutely correct. Take a moment with us now, and let's take a look at the book, and we'll be back to tell you how you can get your copy of the Passion and Prophecy. Now, having said that, let me think with you just a moment about the importance of a place in prophecy. Turn in your Bibles to uh, the book of Micah, chapter 5 and verse 2. If indeed the statement that the man, the guide at the garden tomb said to me, the place is not important, only the person is important. If that be true, what do we do with Micah chapter 5 and verse 2? You know Micah. Micah, oh by the way, that's the place in your Bible where the pages are still stuck together. Just before Nahum and just after Jonah, in case that'll help you any. <laughs> I'm sure that'll help a lot. Look it up in the index, you can find it faster. If you have a good Bible, it's on page uh, 500 and uh, 400, uh, 949, or 48. Okay, now, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. Interesting little verse stuck away in the minor prophets of the Old Testament, written probably 2,500 to 2,700 years ago. But thou, Bethlehem Euphrata, thou, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting, or from eternity past, and basically through eternity future. A prophecy you recognize is appropriate for the Christmas season because it is designating the exact geographical location of the birth of the Messiah, who we know was Jesus Christ. Micah 5.2, it talks about a specific place. The person is the Messiah, who has been from everlasting. The person is important. But let me tell you something, my friend. The place, according to Micah 5.2, is important as well. And in fact, even the high priest and the scribes, all of those in leadership in the temple in Jerusalem recognized that. Remember Matthew chapter, five, uh, chapter 2, uh, one of the four chapters that deal with the narrative of the birth of Jesus Christ? The wise men, not three of them, probably more like 300 of them. Uh, we think there were three wise men because there were three gifts that were brought to the Messiah to the birth of Jesus Christ. But it's probably 300 because it says in Matthew that there was a great stir among the people when these wise men arrived from the east. 
And they came looking for the king of the Jews that had been born. And so they made contact with a man named Herod the Great. Oh, isn't that interesting? Herod the Great died before uh, we think that the beginning of time started the birth of Jesus Christ. We're celebrating in the year 2000, the 2000th birthday of Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, we should have celebrated it last year in reality. But anyway, uh, so Herod the Great is still alive, and the wise men come to him and says, Where is this king of the Jews born? He said, What do you mean? I'm the king of the Jews. So no, 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 no. He's been born in a special place. Where is he? We, we think it's somewhere in this area. He didn't know, so he called the high priest and all the previous high priests and all the scribes, and he got him in the end of his chambers in his palace. He said, all right, where's this king of the Jews been born? You know what they said? You can read Matthew 2, 3 to 6, as well as I can. You know what he said? The high priest now. At the time of the birth of the Messiah, Jesus, he's to be born over here in Bethlehem. Don't you remember what it says? Bethlehem. Now, if Jesus had been born in Hebron, wouldn't have been the Messiah. If Jesus Christ had been born in the holy city, Jerusalem, wouldn't have been the Messiah. Had he been born in his hometown of 28 years, Nazareth, he wouldn't have been the Messiah. God's word says not only is the person the Messiah important, but the place of his birth is absolutely important. Micah 5.2 in Bethlehem, a little unknown town, not even mentioned in the book of Joshua when the Israelites come into the land and God uses Joshua to divide the land among the 12 tribes of Israel. Don't even mention the city of Bethlehem. And this little insignificant town, I developed that in the story of Bethlehem on my video, in this little insignificant town, he was born. The person is important, but the place in his birth is as important as the person, or he wasn't the person that he claimed to be. Look over at Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 14, we thought about his birth. Look, Zechariah, go to the right in your Bible towards Matthew. Zechariah 14 and uh, verse 4, now Zechariah 14 is moving down to that end time after the rapture, after the seven-year period of time, at the conclusion of the seven years, what is going to happen? Zechariah 14 is now dealing with another place, I think, of importance. Look what it says. It's talking about, look at verse 3. Well, verse 2 is talking about, 1 and 2 talking about, all the nations of the world gathering at Jerusalem. By the way, somebody the other day asked me, where is the United States in prophecy? And then they said, I know, before I could even answer, I know where it is in prophecy. I said, where? He said, J-E-R-U-S-A-L-E-M. It's right there in the middle of Jerusalem. I said, come on, man, USA. He said, oh, come on, ridiculous. But he's almost correct. You know why? Zechariah 14.2 says, All the nations of the world will gather at Jerusalem. Now, does it mention the United States? It's the only place it even alludes to the United States in prophecy. But if there's still anything at all after seven years of tribulation, I don't think there'll be much of anything. Because when the backbone, the body of Christ, is raptured out of here, 
this nation on the slippery slope to moral decay, economic decay, uh, every educational decay, it's going to go down the drain. But if they're at all anything, they'll appear in Jerusalem at the end of the tribulation period. Then the Lord, realizing what's going on as the, as the forces of evil, led by Satan himself, the Antichrist and the false prophet, have pulled all these people together. Uh, when they gather at Jerusalem, and half the city is captive, and half of them have been killed. Verse 3, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. This is talking about the Messiah. Now verse 4, And his feet, whose feet? The Messiah's feet. The person, it's very important who we're talking about here. The Messiah. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem, on the eastern side. It's going to be pretty specific here, isn't it? You see, the place is important. If the Messiah comes back and puts his feet on Mount Moriah, he's not the Messiah. If he puts his feet on Mount Hermon, he's not the Messiah. If he goes over to Jordan and puts his feet on Mount Nebo, he's not the Messiah. He has to have his feet set down on the Mount of Olives, which is to the east of Jerusalem. And so the place is important, isn't it? Not only in his birth, but in his return. The place is absolutely important. It's not only the person, it's the place. One more. I think you're starting to get my point, but one more, just to emphasize. Look over in Ezekiel. Now back to the left in your Bible. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 43. Interesting. The book of Ezekiel, 40 to 46, is 202 verses of minute, detailed information about the coming temple, the Messiah's temple in the future. Very, very important information, Ezekiel 43. Right in the middle of all this detailed information, he's going to talk about the return of the Messiah coming back to a location to reign forever. Talked about the place and the person of his birth the place and the person of his return. Now look at the place and the person of his reign. Chapter 43, verse 1. Afterward, he brought me to the gate, even the gate that looketh toward the east. Why didn't he just say, oh, any gate? Place doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm trying to drive a point home. I think I'm doing it. Verse 2. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. Look at verse 4. And the glory of the Lord came unto the house by the way of the gate whose prospect is toward the east. That's the eastern gate. Messiah is going to come through an eastern gate. That's an, place, an important place. Look what else it says. So the Spirit, verse 5, took me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. The house talking about the temple. Messiah's temple. The word house is used here in these 202 verses, chapters 40 to 46, to talk about the temple. Look at verse 6. And I heard him speaking unto me out of the house, and the man stood by me. Verse 7. And he said unto me, Son of man, the place, <laughs> can't be any more specific, can you? The place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where I will dwell in the midst of the children forever, and my holy name shall not be defamed anymore. The place is important. He's coming from the way of the east. He's coming to the Mount of Olives. He'll come across the Kidron Valley, go through that eastern gate, walk into the eastern door facing the east of the temple itself, 
go into the Holy of Holies, his throne room, and he will stand in that place. You see, God chose that place. Somebody says the I hear is like Jerusalem. The pupil in the eye is like the temple mount. And the twinkle in the pupil is like the holy of holies where he will rule and reign forever and ever and ever. He has to be in that place. Psalm 132, God says, I have, verse 13 and 14, I have chosen Jerusalem for thy eternal habitation. I am going to be there forever. He says right here, where he is going to rule and reign and dwell with his people forever. You know the word is olam. That's a Hebrew word. You know what that word means? Forever. <laughs> Just like it says. It's a, have you ever heard of El Olam, the name for God? It's talking about the eternality of God. What is he saying? He said, you're going to be in this place, Jesus, forever and ever and ever. So the place and the person are both important, aren't they? Indeed, the location of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is essential to understanding how the Passion worked to fulfill Bible prophecies from the ancient Jewish prophets. You've been listening to a section of an audio series, five hours, five different parts of it, entitled The Passion and Prophecy. It's a study that you need to have. We talk about the period of the Passion, the place of the Passion, the red heifer. How does the red heifer play into to this significant end time series and the Song of Songs. That's the Song of Solomon plus the Mount of Olives, a location essential for the return of Jesus Christ. All of this available on this series, The Passion and Prophecy. You can call our toll-free number if you'd like to get your copy of it. It's 877-674-3298. Once again, that number, 877-674-3298. It's toll-free from across America. Call right now to order your copy of The Passion and Prophecy. Or you can go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and make your order that way. Whichever way you decide to get your copy of The Passion and Prophecy, you need to have it so you can study it very, very soon. Thank you so very much for taking a few moments with us to take a look at the book. I'm sure that as you study with us this very important subject, you're going to realize how soon the return of Jesus Christ actually really is. In fact, the rapture, which is the first step in the second coming of Christ, could actually take place at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...